In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may our attitude and spirit be like that of Samuel who said, Speak, O Lord, your servant hears. Amen. Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, so that the thoughts from many hearts will be revealed. This is what old man Simeon tells Mary. And the sign that Simeon is referring to, of course, is the cross on which Jesus would be crucified on. So according to Simeon, the cross would be the litmus test to sort the believer and the non-believer, those who love the gospel and those who would despise it. Because the cross shows everyone's heart. The cross shows those who will fall. It shows those who the unbeliever is. Ever notice that certain religious organizations that purport to be Christian avoid the cross? Do you ever see, for example, the Mormons bearing the cross? No, hardly ever. On top of a Mormon meeting house or ward, you will not find a cross, but a spike. In fact, their leadership has openly and publicly despised the cross. Former president and prophet Gordon Hinckley even called the cross a symbol of the dying Christ. The cross doesn't make sense to them. As St. Paul would put it, the cross is a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. And to the Mormons, the cross is as offensive as caffeine and alcohol. But why? The cross doesn't make sense to them because they neither know the scriptures nor the power therein. St. Peter tells us they stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. If you have not read or understood the scriptures, the concept of atonement, the idea of sacrifice for redemption, is lost. Without understanding atonement, God's sacrifice of Christ looks like a cruel injustice. This innocent baby that Simeon held in his arms as he sang the Nuctaminus would have to die. How could God, who is benevolent, kill his only son? And so all these people are ashamed that Christ had to die, especially for rotten sinners, many of whom either don't know or don't care for Christ. They are ashamed of Christ's humility humiliation, and that Christ is forever associated with an instrument of capital punishment of the most gruesome sort, no less. And this is why many, such as the Mormons, have either added to Holy Scripture or taken words away from it. And usually these additions make it sound like salvation is found through health, wealth, or human achievement. And that those who have good health, plenty of wealth, and great human achievement are perceived as perfect and sinless, while those who have not must be cursed sinners. The cross is a terrible thing, a failure, a punishment only worthy of sinners. So in their minds, why boast in that? Let's pause for a second, beloved. How often is our old Adam offended that Christ had to die? 
How many of us sometimes look at a crucifix and think, and think that Christ shouldn't have had to suffer? How many of us think that Mary should have been spared the grief of watching her firstborn die slowly by torture? To human reason, to the old Adam, the cross doesn't make sense. That's because the old Adam doesn't see anything wrong with itself. We all know this stubbornness. We all have struggled with a personal flaw that we don't really want to admit that we have. But eventually reality wins out, and our eyes are open to our nakedness, our sinful condition. And then we see the cross in a different light. By looking at the cross, looking at our atonement, the Holy Spirit leads us to realize that we aren't perfect because Jesus had to die on that cross to save us. It is in these moments that we realize we need help from our unbelief. And God be praised that he does help by the cross. Because not only does the cross show all those who will fall, those who don't believe, but it will also show those who will rise, those who believe. By faith in God's holy word, old man Simeon and Anna knew that God would have to make atonement for the world. They knew what was to come, that the Son of God would be the one to make this atonement, this baby who was right in front of them. And knowing what was to come, Simeon and Anna's faith caused them both to speak of Jesus' sacrifice. But they also knew that because of this atoning work, Christ would soon present them in heaven as he was presented to them on earth. He would present them before his Father in heaven, as they did in his holy temple on earth below. And this is our hope, too. When we look to the cross, we see our salvation not in our own merit or money, but in the love of Jesus. When we look to the cross, we remember that someday we, too, will be presented before God as innocent and justified. And this is our task in preaching. Pastor, a few weeks back, alluded to putting a plaque on the pulpit from John 12 that said, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And this would be a lovely addition to the pulpit here in this whole sanctuary. But we've already got a few things here already. If you've ever taken a look at this first pillar right here up front, there used to be a clock there. Not anymore. There's not a clock, but a crucifix. And it reminds Pastor and myself not to mind the time, but to make sure that we remind all of you of the work of Christ, that we preach the Holy Cross. We preach to you the Holy Cross because it was upon that instrument of death that you and I have life. Therefore, not only are we invited to look at the cross, But we may unashamedly boast in it. When we see a crucifix, especially one with the corpus of the suffering Christ, we need not recoil in disgust or otherwise feel uncomfortable. Rather, we can take heart that we see God's salvation to us. And more than just knowing this, we rejoice and boast in it. We therefore sing all loud and joyously that we too, like Simeon, will depart in heavenly peace. We sing that we have seen the glory of God's grace, that we have seen his light that scatters the darkness.
And thus, like faithful Anna, we spend our days, however numbered they are, worshiping and praying in God's holy church until he should come to take us home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.